Hello and welcome to the Stuff I Heard podcast. This is your host, Joshua Peak. Hey, and today happens to be Saturday, the 10th of August, 2019. It is officially the hottest part of the year for us here. It is ridiculous. It has been, no doubt, in triple digits here in South Carolina, and I am exhausted. I'm going to be honest. It's really hot. If you live up north, relish in the fact that you don't have a lot of hot temperatures, whereas down here we are just surviving. I mean, you go outside and you drink water, and you come inside and you drink water, and Yesterday, I I literally came home from work and drank half of a jar of pickle juice. I had eaten the pickles out of the pickle jar, and and I had half a jar, and I drank all of it. I was like, I need everything that's in this. I need all of the salt. I need all of the everything, all the liquid, everything. I need it to soak into my pores, and I need it to replenish my muscles because I feel like I'm going to have leg cramps. I don't know if that's an old wives' tale if it actually works, but supposedly drinking pickle juice helps you. Listen, this is the Stuff I Heard podcast, so you can tell people, hey, I heard it on this podcast, and this guy said it, so it must be true, right? Maybe? Okay, so anyway, um, let's talk about stuff I heard, okay? I have, uh, I've talked in the past about starting to watch Handmaid's Tale on Netflix, and over the course of the week... I have been able to finish season one. Now, I talked to Greg on the uh, the technical difficult part of me setting all this up and getting it through, and it was an amazing accomplishment from a, a dumb redneck like me to be able to uh, produce that ability to talk to him on the phone through the podcast, and then also figure out how to upload the video, the audio to the video part that's on YouTube. If you want to watch that and see how I click it in, that's pretty cool. I even put a cow at the end on the video, which I've learned how to do. So if you're uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, marvel in my ability because I am amazed myself. I mean, every time I pull something off, I'm like, how did I figure that out? I'm just I'm just amazed at myself. So um. <clears throat> Sometimes I just look at myself and I laugh. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so Handmaid's Tale, I had talked to Greg about the fact that I was like four episodes in and I was hating it. Like I was just like, this is awful. I don't, I don't like it at all. I don't know what the big deal is. Well, it does get better, okay? It is based on, listen, I'm not going to spoil anything right now. Spoilers are coming eventually, but right now I'm, I'm only one season into it. Um, but the basic premise of the show appears to be, this is just my broad spectrum look at it, uh, for some reason, people stopped having kids, like they're unable to have kids. Entire countries are saying, yeah, and like in the last six years, we've only had four births, which is terrifying if you think about how people die, okay, without people being born, that means there is no future for humanity. So they're in somewhat of a crisis mode. And I don't exactly know how they picked, like I haven't learned this part yet, but somehow they picked women who I guess have children or have had children, and suddenly they become these handmaid's tales. They're these handmaids. They make them wear these red outfits, and they got these white caps, and they, they basically beat them into submission and then uh, make them basically be raped by a man 
to have a kid. And it's usually a prominent man of the society because he's supposed to uh, sire offspring. And if the dude's married, well, then so be it. They read off some creepy scripture from uh, Timothy in the Bible and about Rachel. And uh, basically, she lays in the wife's lap, and he's supposed to service her. Not, not pleasantly, just do his duty, and she's supposed to do her duty and get pregnant. That's her whole role. That's, she's basically a tool. And she's not supposed to have feelings or desires or anything. And neither is the wife. The wife is supposed to be there to make it happen. And then once the kid is raised, she's supposed to raise the kid as her own. But this woman, this main, main character, she is severely mistreated. And I mean, in the first four episodes, it is hard to watch because it is just awful. And it doesn't get a lot better as the show goes on. I mean, I'm one season into it, okay? But I can tell you by the end of the season, you're like, okay, I kind of want to see what happens now because she sort of defies people at times and she gets away with it. And she learns how to manipulate people through what she's required to do. I mean, it's a survival technique. And it's, you know, if you were that person in that scenario, you would got to think, yeah, I got to figure out a way to survive because I'm not going to otherwise. It breaks, I can see where it breaks the person's spirit. It breaks their will to live. They even show a woman try to commit suicide um, just because she is so overwhelmed by what is required of her and what she's made to do and how terrifying and wrong it is. And listen, this is a big hurdle I'm sure this, I've heard this come out as books and then they made the show and people are like, oh, I read the books. They were so good. I can't, I can't wait to see the show. And okay, if you're one of those people, great. I'm sure you're super excited about it. But first off, how did you get into reading this book? What friend of yours was like, listen, this is a really good book. You're going to enjoy it. What part of this is enjoyable? I mean, honestly, the coolest thing I heard in the whole first season was towards the end of the first season, She's starting to defy the people who are in charge, and she's convincing the other Handmaid's Tales to follow her suit, and they're, like, looking to her as a leader. And she makes a comment, a really good comment. She said, if they didn't want us to be soldiers, they shouldn't have dressed us alike. And I was like, ooh, I like that. That's a good line. That's the best line in the whole first season, the entire first season. You could watch the first season on, on, on like a speed, you know, and, and, and just know that one line, see that one line with her walking in the snow with her friends behind her and her, and her saying that she's, her face is all scarred up and beat up and, and she's got one glimmer of hope in her eye. And she says that line, that's a good line. That's a, that's a season. That's season one. So anyway, Handmaid's Tale. <clears throat> I'm going to keep watching it. I'm not, I'm not like excited about it. I'm not like, oh, I can't wait. to. I ain't there yet, okay? First season had 10 episodes. <clears throat> it's not exactly something I can watch whenever my grandson is here. I mean, you got to kind of pick and choose when you watch that kind of stuff because some of it's not uh, kid-friendly. Uh, but anyway, um, I'm also watching Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. And that you can watch with kids in the room. And it's also one of those things you can watch 
like when you're getting ready for go, to go to bed because it doesn't require a lot of thinking. And if you've listened to this podcast before, you know that I'm a huge fan of comedians. I've always enjoyed comedians' podcasts. I've enjoyed comedy. I've enjoyed uh, a lot of these shows that these uh, comedic actors have been on as well. And I've gone back and I've, you know, I, I think I started like season two of the thing because I recognized people I wanted to see him talk to. Okay. So once I got through season two, I was like, well, let me go back and watch season one. So I finished season one and now I'm watching season three. They're only like 15 to 18 minutes long. It's pretty quick. You can just turn it on, have it on and just, you know, listen to them talk. But one of the things that Jerry does really well is he asks good questions. And I think that this is a short version of what a podcast is. I think what he's doing is a short version of a podcast. I think that if he had a podcast, it would probably not be the same. I don't think that he's a long-form discussion kind of person. I think that he's better in the moment. He's a very quick thinker. Um, and there's a lot of conversation that happens on the show because they don't just show you the entire event of him and this other person hanging out. They, you know, tighten it down to 15 to 18 minutes. And part of it is him talking about the car that he's driving and why the car it was picked to drive for that person. And then part of it is talking about coffee because that's kind of the premise of the show. Um, but... He's very quick in the moment, and of course it's edited down to give you the best parts. But I wonder if maybe a podcast is not his forte. Maybe that's why he hasn't done anybody's podcast. I would love to see him on Joe Rogan's podcast. Joe, if anybody out there knows Joe or has influence over Joe or, or Jamie or can somehow figure out how to book this, or you know Jerry Seinfeld and you can be like, hey, why don't you go on Joe's podcast? Y'all talk about, talk about the store. You love the store. You started off at the store. I watched an episode last night, and he was talking to Gary Shandling about how they started at the store together. Talk about that with Joe. Joe goes there all the time. They actually went to the store in the show. It was during the daytime. But, you know, common ground, right? So anyway, um, if you're looking for something fun to watch, check out Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with Jerry Seinfeld on Netflix. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it, but Handmaid's Tales on Hulu. So <clears throat> I, uh, I got approached by a new sponsor, and I'll be honest, it's for something I don't watch. Um, but this is the Stuff I Heard podcast, and there are people out there that, that watch The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. So if you're out there, you know, I, I kind of did this ad for you guys because um, this is something that's probably fun for you. So anyway, <clears throat> that's going to roll in there and you guys just kind of be like, oh, okay, all right, whatever. Listen, you do what you can, right? This is all a hustle. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about stuff I heard. I, uh, I spent some time watching Two Bears, One Cave on Netflix, I mean on, uh, on YouTube, uh, Burt Kreischer and Tom Segura. And they're hilarious together. Um, they've talked about possibly doing it once a week. 
because apparently they're having so much fun doing it and it's easy to do, which is interesting considering that Bert also does a podcast once a week by himself. Uh, not by himself, but I'm saying for the Bert cast. Um, and Tom has his Your Mom's House podcast with his wife, uh, Christina Pazinski. And they also have multiple other projects going on. Uh, not to mention Bert's Body Shots World Tour that he's on right now here in the States. Um, if you go online, you can look for dates where he might be in your area. I know he's coming to Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, I tried to get tickets, but uh, I can't seem to find them. They're, uh, they're, they're a little, ex- they're, what's the word? I wanted to get good seats. When I logged in to get them, they were all sold out. The only ones that were available were in the very back. And I was like, I don't know if I want to go and sit in the way back. I've gone twice and I've been able to sit really close. And if I'm in the way back, then I don't know. I don't know if it'd be the same. I get it that he's getting big and he's getting to be a big deal. But I kind of want good seats. So anyway, um, I listened to uh, Bert do his cooking show. He had a thing last Friday where he has a cooking show on YouTube through the All Things Comedy Network. It is uh, Something's Burning is the name of it. And if you go on YouTube and you just type in Something's Burning, it'll come up. And he had a good episode. Um, it was pretty funny. They uh, they made something that wasn't real great tasting. And she's <laughs> there's a... Uh, a funny comedian, uh, uh, Bonnie McFarlane, on there, and she she asked him. She says, "Have you made anything that turned out bad?" He goes, "Yeah, this." <laughs> um, but it's a it's a fun show. I like watching it on YouTube. Um, but they decided to release the uncut audio from the first "Something's Burning," which was done with Tom Segura and Bill Burr, and it's pretty funny. I mean, they they. They clipped out some of the technical stuff, but they left some of that in where they're asking questions to the production staff and stuff like that. And listen, if you're a fan of the show and you're a fan of his show and you're a fan of the Something's Burning, it's fun to listen to. They released it on Friday. It it actually says episode one. It's on the Birdcast like audio part when you download it. Um, it says episode one, Something's Burning, uncut with Bill Burr and Tom Segura. Um, it's pretty funny. So anyway, if you're into that, check it out. There's a lot of jokes that didn't make it on air. Uh, they put on the on the thing, and, and it's good. Um, I spent some time this week sort of exploring some of Joe Rogan's uh, newest interviews. He did one recently with Bernie Sanders. Okay, I've talked about how Tulsi Gabbard came on his podcast to talk about her run for president. And how she really, really impressed me. And, you know, I thought, okay, well, here's Bernie Sanders. I mean, holy cow, maybe maybe somebody reached out to him and was like, listen, Tulsi did it. Maybe you should do it because it really got some traction for her. And it does. Listen, if you're out there and you want to be president, this is the, you know, back in the 90s, Bill Clinton went on Arsenio Hall and people thought, well, that's stupid. Why would he go on Arsenio Hall to talk about being president? Then he got on, on there on, on stage and and played the saxophone. And everybody was like, whoa, what a cool guy. Listen to him. He's playing the saxophone. And meanwhile, you got um, 
you had George uh, Senior Bush, uh, who was just a dud. I mean, he didn't connect with people at all. And here you got this cool hip president playing the saxophone on stage, and you're like, oh, I kind of want to listen to what he says, man. This guy seems all right. And he sort of did the, you know, the little dance and got people to, to listen to him, and they eventually voted for him. I was one of them. Um, Tulsi Gabbard listens to Joe and decided to be on his show. And, you know, back in, let's see, I've saved it. Back in May 13th of this year, she did a two-hour and 43-minute podcast where she talked about wanting to be president or, or you know, her president uh, presidency. She's uh, served in the U.S. House of Representatives for Hawaii's 2nd Congressional District since 2013. She's also served in the National Guard for 16-plus years. She signed up right after 9-11 and said, I want to serve my country. And listen, if you haven't heard her speak, go on YouTube and look for her. There's, there's you know, like any presidential candidate, you're not going to find someone who says everything you want to hear. And to be honest, nobody becomes president and says, I'm going to make all of this happen within my time. They may think that, but, you know, talking about the shows I've watched, the comedians in cars getting coffee, the first episode of season two, he had Barack Obama on. And Jerry Seinfeld asked him, he said, you know, what would you, what would you equate this to, this, this endeavor that you went into? And he said, well, there's a lot of things I wanted to get done, but it's sort of like playing football. You hope to get a touchdown every time, but sometimes you don't. Sometimes you lose yardage. Sometimes you gain yardage. You've got a lot of people that are working for you and against you in a, in a, in a goal, and it doesn't always work out, but you try, and you just keep trying. And every once in a while, you get the thing that you were hoping you would get to, to actually pass. I mean, the president has limited access to be able to pass things. Sometimes it needs help from the Congress and from the Senate and from the Judiciary Committee. I mean, there is a three-tier government for a reason, and that's so that people have influence over over a non monarch system everybody wants to blame Trump right now for a lot of things and they're forgetting about the fact that they have representatives they can call on a regular basis you have US representatives and senators that you can call their phone numbers are available online find them call them and tell them what you think stop getting on Facebook and bitching about it actually speak to people who make decisions if you call them on a regular basis and you annoy them They'll eventually listen to what you say because their job is to represent you. That's their whole job. So don't bitch to me. Don't bitch to Joe Rogan. Don't get on your Facebook and be like, we're all going to hell because this is going to hell. Nobody cares. You know who cares? The people whose job it is. How about call them? Hound them. Find them. Put them in your phone. Program it. And call them on a regular basis and say, hey, listen, this is the change I want to see. This is what I want you to vote on. This is what I am. Listen, I voted for you. And do your job. You start doing that and you're going to see change. Okay? Until then, you might as well be hosting a podcast in a spare bedroom that used to be a kid's room. I mean, I'm just saying. Not that I'm that guy or anything. Uh. <laughs>
So anyway, let's t- <laughs> let's talk about what I heard, okay? So this past Tuesday, Joe did a podcast with Bernie Sanders. And I never actually heard Bernie Sanders speak. This was pretty interesting. Um, up to this point, I've kind of bought into what everybody promoted Bernie to be. Okay, And part of that was the DNC that Hillary funded to make him out to be a crazy man. I mean, Hillary, you know, tried to sabotage Bernie just because she wanted the the nomination as the Democratic nominee for president. She sabotaged Bernie's whole campaign. She spent a bunch of money within their own party to sabotage Bernie. And he, w- he probably would have been the Democratic nominee. I don't know that he would have beat Trump still. But it kind of took a guy that, that had a vote from the people, of people who listened to him, and he could have been the other choice. For a lot of people, that would have made a difference. I mean, one of the main driving people... One of the main things that, that, that drove people to vote for Trump over Hillary was the fact that a lot of people felt Hillary was a criminal and that she should have been in jail for the things that she did. I was one of them. I don't know that I would have voted, voted for Bernie, but still, I hadn't had a chance to listen to him because everyone had edited him to the point that you were listening to what you were told to listen to. I watched that show, The Great Hack, on Netflix this week. It was terrifying to hear that Cambridge Analytical went through everybody's social media presence and basically boiled down everybody into talking points. And and they figured out how to influence basically 70,000 people to get Trump elected. They found out who influencers were, and they found out who were on the fence, and they manipulated those people with their social media, showing them ads all the time, Trump spent $12.6 million on online ads, whereas Hillary spent 66000 How out of touch is she? I mean, you see videos of her now speaking, and, and even now you're like, does she even know what she's saying? I mean, she's just as ludicrous as Trump is. When they speak in public, it's almost like they don't have an idea of what they're saying. This past week, Joe Biden was on stage and in Iowa, and he said something to the effect of, poor people have just as much chance and are just as smart as, as, uh, as white people. Is he saying that white people aren't smart? Is he saying that white people aren't poor? Is he saying that white people are better? So, so you know, if you're, if you're a person of non-economical status that you should somehow strive to be a white person. That's basically what it sounds like. Oh, Joe, you didn't think about what you said. You just said some shit. I'm not a Joe Biden fan. I don't know if you could tell. All of the internet memes of him being really creepy with women really freaks me out, especially in this Me Too movement. I mean, he's just a little too familiar with rubbing up on people. I mean, come on. This is like when Michael Jackson 
all the stuff came out about Michael Jackson, and you go, well, if I think back about it, yeah, everybody made jokes about how they all feared that Michael was inappropriate with small children. One day something's going to come out about Joe Biden, and you're going to be like, well, of course, duh, we had all those internet memes of him hugging on women really, really closely and whispering in their ear. Ugh, stop it, dude. Like, it's personal space. Learn some personal space. Jesus. But anyway, back to Bernie, okay? I never heard Bernie speak for longer than the sound bites that they allow them to have on stage, 45 seconds. That's basically it. What, if anybody were to ask you, what do you believe in about these issues? Just any issue, okay? In 45 seconds, what could you come up with where people go, wow, I really like that person? When... Is, I mean, is, is 2019 the age where people finally realize, oh, CNN is not the way to get elected. ABC is not the way to get elected. CBS is not the way to get elected. If I want to be seen and heard, I need to go to the Internet because that's what everybody's watching now and listening to. And listen, if you're a presidential candidate and you haven't figured that out yet, you're an idiot. Look around. I know that you're detached from the rest of America, but America is more entertained by podcasts and by YouTube and social media than anything that you can put on TV. I talk on a regular basis about how I watch Netflix and Hulu. I'm not watching regular TV. I have rabbit ears in my bedroom so that I can watch football when it's football season other than that you can have all the commercials you want and I'm not watching it you're wasting your money you're wasting my money as a matter of fact because this is tax money that somehow is allocated to you by the Republican or the Democratic Party and you're just blowing it we need campaign real we need actual campaign reform where anybody can be elected president where people don't have to have millions and millions and millions of dollars to run for president. We need an ability for them to speak on a platform online where someone like Joe can ask really good questions. And I'm not saying it has to be Joe, but someone can ask questions and allow them to freeform speak and explain themselves. Listening to Bernie, he has some ideas that I agree with. He has some ideas that I think, yeah, that's that's absolutely right. I totally agree with you. I don't know how you're going to make that happen. To me, it seems like a lot of pipe dreams. But boy, wouldn't it be interesting if you could pull it off? One of the things that him and Tulsi seem to be for that I'm against is the raising the minimum wage to $15. I've heard Joe interview economists who talk about how the minimum wage is actually what's making the poor even poorer. It's not helping them. It puts them in a different tax bracket. It raises the price of everything they purchase. And they have less buying power with their dollar. It devalues our dollar. If you collect more of these little paper things that someone says has value, and you say, okay, tomorrow I'm going to give you more of them for doing the same crap you were doing before, the economy is going to adjust and you're going to get less of those. You're going to get less everything for what those little green pieces of paper stand for. 
People are hung up on the idea of, oh, but I'll get more money. No, you won't. They'll eliminate your job. They'll make people do more for less. It's a trick of the economy of, we'll print more money. I mean, we saw Obama do that. He printed $2 trillion while he was in office. We'll print more money. We'll flood the market with money. It'll make everything look better. We'll be able to go on CNN and go, look, our stock prices are even higher. Houses are going for more money. The economy's doing better, guys. We're doing great. Everybody's making more money. Meanwhile, the dollar menu's gone. The things that you buy when you go into McDonald's, a lot of them don't have people up front. Or Taco Bell. You go in and there's a kiosk. Punch in what you want. Enter your credit card. That's how you're going to pay for it. Oh, you wanted something special? Oh, too bad. No. We don't have people to talk to you about that. And this is before we've raised the money. Again, find out information. Call people. Talk to them on the phone. Tell them what you want. Tell them your concerns. Don't blather on to me. I can't change anything. Don't get on Facebook and, and be like, I'm going to tell everybody what they should know right now. Nobody cares. They have no influence. They have no ability to change anything. Call your representative. Go online. Look up their phone numbers. And call them every day. Tell them your concerns. And if you're not doing it, hey, the people who are are going to make things happen. So, that's it. I'm going to cut this short. I say short, we're right at 30 minutes. Y'all take care. Thanks for listening. And uh, this is the Stuff I Heard podcast. And I appreciate every one of you. I hope we can make change together. All it takes is effort. There's a lot of people out there that do nothing. So, y'all have a good one. Bye. Oh, I've always said, cue the cow. <laughs>